You know, Church, I read something this week that made me really sit up and take notice. It said that one in four people in Milton Keynes are suffering from a mental health issue at this time. Commonly, anxiety or depression and a multitude of other things. And what that tells me that around 70,000 people in Milton Keynes need to hear these messages we're talking about mental health in the church. And so I would love it if you would just take a moment, if you're on Facebook or if you're on uh, line with us, take a moment to share. Just share this message across and maybe we can bring hope to somebody that is struggling in Milton Keynes today. You know, the reason that mental health exists is because of sin. I didn't say mental health was a sin, but that's the reason that it exists. It's a consequence of sin infecting this universe. You know, we were made in the image of God. So when he first made mankind, you could look at him and you go say, that is God. And you know, that whole image, that icon of God got broken up. But he, he made us. He gave us the ability to reason, to think, to love, to enjoy. And he said his creation was very good. Sin came in and touched every part of the whole of creation. It touched the world. Even though we look around and we see the beauty in the world at this time, it is nothing like how we originally created it. Um, it touched our bodies. The very fact that we get disease and we get ill and we die is because sin came into the world and sin also came into our minds. And you know, the only antidote in this world to sin is Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. You know, conserv uh, um, conservationists can try and save uh, the world or save the planet. Uh, doctors have answers to some of our illnesses, but not them all, that's for sure. And counsellors and medication can help sometimes bring a sense of balance uh, to our, our minds. But they can only help so much. And I'm so glad that we know that the time is coming when the world will be redeemed. It will be set free. It says in the Bible that the world is standing on tiptoe, waiting for Jesus to come back again, that our frail bodies with all the weaknesses that we've got will be restored and made new, and that our minds would be renewed and we would have the mind of Christ. You know, everything broken is going to be fixed, including our minds. Now we only see glimpses of this, of the glory to come. We see parts of it and we see bits of it. We get glimpses of his, his glory. We get occasions when somebody is prayed for and their body is healed and God makes it good. And we recover our identity in Christ. You know, lately, um, a few weeks ago, we took a, a moment to remember the heroes in our nation who died and fought for us in the battles and the world wars and to maintain our freedom and uh, I'm sure you will remember in spring uh, through lockdown when we all stood on our doorsteps and gave a clap or a cheer to the NHS workers and also the care workers and they're back in the front line again as the second spike has hit us but you know every one of us is in a battle every 
single day. And that battle is more vicious and more uh, unrelenting and more intense than any other battle. One author I read this week described this battle as the invisible war. And it's the battle for your greatest asset. The battle that goes on in our minds. Uh, you know, I believe that one of the most important truths that we can teach at MKCC is that we must learn how to guard, protect, strengthen, and renew our minds and to understand who we belong to because the battle for sin, it always starts in our minds. I was reading this week um, in 2 Corinthians when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Here's what he said. Though, though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. There's something different about the way that we, the church, do things. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know, guys, I absolutely believe in using science to help fight the battles of, uh, that we've got in this world. I believe in consulting the doctors and I believe in taking the medicines that the human race have come up for and probably I'll be taking the vaccine in a, in a few months time if I'm offered that for COVID-19 and the ingenuity of the human race when it all pulls together is amazing it doesn't surprise me because we're the creation of God and when it all pulls together to discover new answers to new pressing problems we unbelievably come up with it so many times and, and, and you know what's more, God agrees. Right way the way back in Genesis, we find that the world at that time decided that they would build a tower up to the heavens, up to God. And what did he say at that time about his creation? He said, if they all pull together, if man pulls together, nothing will be impossible for them. Isn't that amazing? If they pull together, nothing would be impossible for them. The problem is that most of the time we don't pull together. In fact, our society nowadays is so divided on so many things and uh, we argue about everything and uh, go on Twitter or Facebook and, and you are assaulted by all the different opinions out there. And unfortunately, we in the church as well end up fighting over things that maybe aren't quite as important as they should be. And we need to learn to pull together because maybe things wouldn't be as difficult. And you know, and when it comes to the mind, I fully believe in leveraging human wisdom to uh, assist that fight. But sometimes drugs can help to rebalance the chemicals in our mind and often counsel us, can help us to sort through the jumble of mess that we can sometimes be in. But we don't wage war as the world does. Ultimate victory will be won through not human weapons, but the way that Paul described it to the Corinthians about divine 
power, power that is not in us but comes from God, that's going to be the ultimate answer to all the difficulties and the situations that we've got. And you know, this power is not reserved for some special individuals. Every single Christian has this power dwelling inside them. You know, as soon as we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Savior, as soon as we give him complete control of our lives, his presence through the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us. You know, Paul, writing to another church called in Ephesus, he, he puts it this way. He says, it's, it's like receiving, the Holy Spirit is like receiving a deposit that guarantees our ultimate eternal relationship with God. I, I love that word that it uses uh, there. The, the word deposit or the guarantee of the deposit is a Greek word called arabon. And it, it carries with it um, this complete and absolute guarantee that is not just something that you put down a deposit on that you think you might want or you think you might get, but it's absolutely a cast iron guarantee. It's a special word in, in Greek and it's only used three times in the, in the New Testament. And each time it's used in the New Testament, it ta it's talking about the Holy Spirit that is given to us human beings who acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Savior. And that deposit, that Holy Spirit sits inside us and becomes with us and endues divine power into our lives as a deposit and a confirmation that we will spend eternity with him. And through this divine power, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's why the Holy Spirit has given to us is a, is, that will demolish arguments, every pretension that comes up against what we know about God. You know, if you know me a little bit, you'll probably know that I'm got a reputation or I am known for being a little bit argumentative or maybe a lot argumentative. Just ask my wife, she'll, she'll tell you. Um, but sometimes the arguments going on inside my head are a lot worse than the arguments that are outside. The stuff going on my head, inside my own head are fractious arguing with my, myself. I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever argue with yourself. And you know, I'm reminded um, back to in February uh, 1984. It was the first uh, visit I ever had to Milton Keynes. The church back then wasn't called Milton Keynes Christian Centre. It didn't have its own building. It was called New City Pentecostal Church. And uh, George, Pastor George asked me to come down from Bible College and I came down and he, he asked me if I would preach in the evening service, we used to have an evening service back then. He says, don't worry, Billy, it's only a small service, maybe about 70, 80 people at, at night and come, and come and share what God says to you. And so I knew I wanted to come here. So I spent ages asking God for the word to bring. I wanted to bring something useful. I wanted to bring the word of God. I prayed, I fasted, I studied, I did everything. And uh, I traveled down here with some of the guys and we got here um, on, the, on the Friday night. And uh, George said to me, oh, by the way, Billy, um, we're having a baptismal service. We've 
got a loan of another church um, tomorrow. We're going to have a baptismal service and uh, we're going to swap you. You can preach in that service. And uh, I, I don't like change very much in a lot of ways. And, and, it, and it sent me sort of reeling a little bit. And uh, we got to the, the service and I'm sure the hall wasn't that big, but it felt like there was people everywhere sitting on the windowsills. There was people everywhere. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had like stage fright. Well, my mouth dried up. I was trying to talk, I was trying to share, I, I, and I, you think my accent's bad now? Well, back then, the more nervous I got, the more Scottish I spoke, and I was using words that nobody would understand, and I knew it wasn't going well. And in the end, I basically wrapped up in prayer and gave up, and um, as soon as I could, walked outside and got behind the church, and I sat outside by myself um, crying because I had messed it or I felt I had messed it up and I had not understood what I hadn't brought God's word. I hadn't brought the right thing and uh, I wasn't good enough to bring God's word. And, you know, that that left a, a, a sort of voice inside my head that still exists even today. Sometimes I can prepare and come and get ready to preach. And I, I, I set foot on the platform and there's this voice that just goes off. You can't do this. Billy, why are you doing this? No, nobody wants to listen to you. What, what have you got to say? You, you're not good enough. And, and everything inside of me just wants to sit back down again. And I have an opportunity in that moment. I don't know about you, if you have these loops that go through your head sometimes, talking to you and saying you're no good for this or you're no good for that. And I have, I had the, I have the decision each time I hear that to go with the negative thoughts or maybe even the voice of the enemy trying to bring us down. Or we can go with what we know about God. We, set, we have got divine power within us to demolish arguments and the things that are set up against what we know about God. And what we know about God is we were created in his image. Incredible image of God. It's like an icon. Before we had apps, uh, in Windows, we used to have icons, and you would see this little square on the screen. If you clicked on the icon, it would take you to this program. It would take you somewhere else, and that's the meaning of an icon. As, and it's like when you look at the icon, the image of God, when you look at another human being, it should take you to another place, and that other place is God because we're created in his image. And that image was marred by sin, and uh, yet... He chose us by his grace and he rescued us through his sacrifice and he filled us with his Holy Spirit. And our identity is now found in Christ. And that's what sometimes we lose, I think, sometimes. When we understand that our identity isn't in what we do, but as Christians, our identity is now found in Christ because we're a new creation, we're a new creature, we're born again, we're renewed and we come into that. And we're called into his service and we're empowered for his cause. And that's what we've got to remind ourselves each and every time we get this loop going on in our heads trying to tell us we're no good for this or we're no good for that. You know, Paul takes up this whole idea about a battle uh, or a war or soldiers or however you want to put it um, in another part that he, he writes to in the church at Ephesus. He says this, 
Finally, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, but be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Four, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We've always got to realize that we are in a spiritual battle. There is something going on beyond this natural world. And we're engaged in this. Verse 13. So in the light of all this, in the light that we are in this incredible battle, not against flesh and blood, in the light of that, verse 13, what must we do? Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, not a part of it, but the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand Stand firm. Having done all, what must we do to be able to stand? Having done all, to put on the whole armor of God. And when we put on the whole armor of God, we will be able to what? We will be able to stand firm on the evil day when the difficulties come. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 16, it says, In all circumstances, in every single circumstance, whether that's you've lost a job, whether it's you're scared about COVID, whether it, your husband has just walked out, whatever it is, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, take on the shield of faith. What do we do when we find ourselves in difficult situations and difficult circumstances? We don't reach for worry. We reach for the shield of faith where we put our trust in God because we can believe in him with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. In all circumstances, we reach for the shield of faith and place our trust in God and we can extinguish all all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation you know the helmet of salvation speaks so much to me just to sit down where, where does all our temptation come it comes in the mind where do we need to win the first battle we need to fight, win the first battle in the mind and what's the most glorious thing that's ever come into our life our salvation Cover your mind, your head, your helmet. Cover your mind to understand the depths that God loves you and how far he has gone to win your salvation. He saw you through the, the mists of time. He saw you and he decided to send his son Jesus into the world so he could rescue you and bring him into his family. You don't need to worry about feeling unloved or uncared for or unworthy because Christ says that you are worthy. That's what our salvation is. So cover your mind in the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. What's the sword of the Spirit? The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. 
open our Bibles every day and delve into it and let the Spirit of God speak to us. Stop watching the news and start reading the Word of God and let faith rise in our hearts. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with prayer and supplication. I love the word supplication when it's associated with prayer. It means humble. We come before God humbly with prayer. You know, that's the strategies that we're going to win this war, this battle with the mind. We put on the whole armor of God in every circumstance. We reach for the shield of faith, placing our trust in God. We clothe ourselves with a helmet of salvation to understand the incredible benefits that we've got and the grace and the love that we've experienced. And we come and we open up the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, and let the spirit speak to us, praying at all times in the spirit in complete humility before God. That's the strategy that's going to win the battle with the mind. Hey, if you're listening today and you're struggling with what other people are saying to you or what you're saying to yourself, then I want to tell you, you need to start a journey with Jesus. You need to give your life over to him and start to see the Holy Spirit come into your life and give you the divine power to live, to put on the whole armor of God. And I would like to invite you on that journey with us. And if you want to find out just a little bit more, then where you're watching it today, there'll be something in the comments that you can click and let us know who you are. And we'll be in touch to talk with you more about that. But let me pray just as I close. Father, we are so thankful that you came into this world, sent your son into this world for us. You had your eye on us and you brought us into your family. We never need to listen to the words that were useless or no good anymore because you love us and you care for us and you accept us just as we are. Help us, O oh God, to pick up the whole armor of God and clothe ourselves to grab the shield of faith as we move forward into an uncertain world, but we place our trust in you. We fill our minds and understanding the salvation that you have brought to us. We read your word to receive your word into our hearts and we come before you with bended knees and ask you to help us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.